This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 3607 for Tuesday, the 31st of May 2022. Today's show is entitled, The Best Eggs in the World. It is part of the series Cooking. It is hosted by Pokey and is about 13 minutes long. It carries a clean flag. The summary is, Emergency Show, The Best Eggs in the World. This show is from the emergency show pool. You are hearing this because there was a free slot that was not filled. Hacker Public Radio is a community effort that will only continue if people like you submit shows. If you have not submitted a show this year, then please record an introduction about yourself and how you got into tech. Then post it to hackerpublicradio.org forward slash upload. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hacker Public Radio. I'm Pokey, and yet again, I am your host for today. Today's episode is going to be on hacking together a good breakfast. My world-famous best eggs in the world, to be specific. I call them the best eggs in the world because no one else has laid claim to eggs any better. And they're world-famous because Peter64 even said they were the greatest eggs in the world. So thanks, Peter64. Appreciate that. This is a really quick and easy way to throw together some really, really tasty eggs. What I do usually on a, a Sunday night or a Monday is I will chop up a couple of onions and that's enough to, to make my eggs for the whole week. A lot of people don't like to chop onions, so I think I've kind of perfected the art of getting an onion chopped really quickly to get the least amount of tears out of it. So what I usually do, uh, very important, get a cutting board. You need a cutting board if you're going to cut with a sharp knife. First reason is because anything else is probably going to dull your knife. You don't want to dull your knife. Knives are important, and it's important that they're sharp. Uh, the second reason is if your knife is sharp, it's going to cut your onion a lot better, but it'll cut basically anything else you put under it. It'll cut your counter, and you don't want to be cutting on a glass dish because it isn't flat and it's very hard. It will dull your knife. So get a cutting board. Get a big cutting board, nice and flat. My cutting board is flat on one side and has a channel on the other for like drippings. If you're cutting meat, I use the flat side of it and I use a very sharp knife. I cut a little bit off of each end of the onion and then I throw those pieces away. Then I cut from, you know, the, the, the white of the onion to the white of the onion, but not all the way through. I just kind of kind of cut through one or two layers of the onion and I peel those layers off and throw them away. It's the cleanest way to get those outer onion skins away from your cutting surface so that you're not getting them in your food. Next, I will set the onion down on one of those flat ends and cut it completely in half. Take the halves, lay them on the wide sides, and most onions that are, I'd probably say four inches, we get the big Vidalias. We get the nice big Vidalia onions about four inches across, uh, maybe three inches across. It's probably two. It's probably about three inches across. I'll make three cuts in that so that each section is about an inch wide, or I'm sorry, two cuts making three sections, each about an inch wide in each of those halves. So it's four cuts total after the thing's been cut in half. And and when I say that I cut them, I'm cutting in such a way that you have half rings is what those pieces are made of. And then I will take each of those pieces, which is like a semicircle, uh, half a circle, and I'll lay it down flat 
and I will cut, usually keeping the knife pretty straight, and I'll start at one edge, and I'll kind of rotate that onion slice as I as I move it through the knife so that I'm getting pretty consistent uh, little pieces of onion through there. Uh, that works really well for me, and it gets it done really, really fast, and I can throw those in a Tupperware, one of those disposable, uh, Ziploc is the brand that we have, one of those disposable plastic containers, or, or reusable. They're cheap enough you can dispose of them, but they, they're dishwasher safe, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Put it in a plastic bag for like I don't care. Uh, it's a, just a good way to get done. I will use one, you know, the middle pieces of that, or maybe two of the ends, or one a little bit of the end worth of onion each time I make eggs. And I will throw those into a... What I'm looking at here is I've got a 10-inch frying pan, and it is Teflon-coated. I like the Teflon so that nothing sticks in there. You can throw it all in. So I will have preheated that pan. My stove top goes from off to low, and if low were 1, and it goes all the way to high, high would be 9 on mine. So from, from 1 to 9 is the scale that I'm working with. I always set mine on 3.5. Is, is where I put it for cooking my eggs. It's hot enough that you can saute the onions and the mushrooms, which I'm getting to, and it's cool enough so that you're not burning your eggs rubbery. If you cook your eggs too quickly, they turn rubbery. Or really, if you cook them too slowly. There is a right speed for cooking eggs. And on my particular oven, it's three and a half. Try yours at three and a half. If yours goes from one to nine and adjust, you know, uh, up and down from there to try. So I throw those onions in the pan with no lubrication in there. No butter, no grease, no Pam, no nothing. It's got Teflon in there. That's plenty to keep your onions from sticking. Then I will use about three fresh mushrooms. Now you can, you can do your mushrooms any way you like. I've, I've had, you know, it doesn't seem to be any difference in flavor or in noticeable texture in how I cut my onions. I mean, excuse me, my, uh, well, even my onions, I just cut them that way because it's quick. There seems to be no noticeable difference in how I cut the mushrooms, but what I'll usually do is I'll, I'll take three to four large, what do they call them, button mushrooms, I think, the white ones, white button mushrooms, and I'll cut the stems off, and I will not discard the stem, the stem. I'll just cut it off so that I can lay the mushroom flat on the cutting board, and I'll use three or four, depending on how big they are or how much I want to eat on, uh, mushrooms that day. I, I love mushrooms. And then I'll either cut it in slices or I'll quarter it. Or if it's a huge mushroom, you can cut it in like sixths or even eighths if it's big enough. You, you don't usually get them that big, though. And then you throw that in with the onions in the pan. Now, meanwhile, you can hear your onions sizzling and they're throwing off a nice smell and it's appetizing you. So you can't wait to eat these things already. So already they're going to be good just by the, the appetizing that's going on. Uh, once they're in the pan, you've got a couple choices. I prefer a fresh garlic powder or granulated garlic, sometimes it's called. The, the powdered garlic is usually a little too powdery. It's, it's nice, it's nice in the eggs, but it's a hassle to use because the steam makes it stick to the bottle and makes your whole experience using that little, little jar of garlic powder a pain in the neck. But the granulated stuff works really nice. I do not like to use garlic salt if I have the choice because I like to control how much salt I put on on my own. I don't like that to be a predetermined thing. 
and of course you can always add more salt to garlic salt, but you can never add less salt to garlic salt. And the only way to, to do that would be to add more garlic powder. So why not just buy garlic powder in the first place? Because I'm willing to bet you already have a shaker full of salt that you can use. So I, I like to use garlic powder and I like to use salt and I like to use cracked pepper. And I will put those things over the top of the mushrooms and the onions. I don't really bother stirring it yet. And then I put like to, to that size, to a sixth of an onion and three or four mushrooms, I'll usually add a tablespoon, maybe a tablespoon and a half of real butter. Real butter is the key here because margarine tastes like crap and all of the imitation butters taste like crap. If you're health conscious and you eat that stuff because you think butter is too fattening, think about the other things that that imitation butter carries with it. It's probably not as healthy as you think. And if you're that concerned, just use a little bit less butter. But real butter is important because it tastes really good. <laughs> real salt is important. Real sugar is important in the kitchen because they taste really good. And health conscious folks can always eat less of those things rather than substituting with stuff that isn't perhaps as good for you, uh, even though we think, you know, most people seem to think that they're better and maybe, you know, have other physical and uh, physical effects that, that, you know, we're not thinking about. Anyway, that's that. I put a tablespoon and a half of butter on top of there. And a tablespoon and a half of butter is not real hard to estimate if you're used to using a real stick of butter because every stick of butter has eight tablespoons in it and the package is labeled with lines where the tablespoons are. So if you can just pay a little bit of attention to that and estimate a little bit, it's not that hard to figure out how much a tablespoon of butter is or a tablespoon and a half if, if you want to use that much. Once I have the butter on top of there, I put the lid on. I still haven't stirred anything. I leave the butter right on top of everything. And I don't stir anything. And I go make a pot of coffee. Rinse my coffee pot out. Rinse my filter out. Put the coffee in. You know, put the water in. Start that up. Go back to the pan and lift the lid. If the butter is completely melted and it's disappeared, then you're ready for your next step. If it isn't, put the lid back on. Walk away and uh, check your podcasts that morning, you know, or check your email or whatever it is you're doing. Give it another minute or so. It's at that point, you know, that the butter is completely melted and it's gone that I will go reach for the eggs and the cheese. And so what I'll do then is, is once the butter's gone, then I'll take and stir it up. And I use uh, two forks every morning. I use one fork that I stir up all that stuff with, the, the sautéed onions and mushrooms and butter and garlic and salt and cracked pepper. I, I, I like cracked pepper. I like pepper from a pepper mill. It's much better than the, the powdered stuff. I'll stir that up with a fork, and then I'll use that same fork to crack the eggs. I don't like cracking eggs on the side of a pan because I'm too messy that way. You may be good at that. Go for it. And I'll put two eggs on top of that stirred up mixture. Sometimes I'll try to make a little uh, little couple of pockets for the eggs to sit in so they don't roll around too far in there before they're done cooking. But I'll just I'll use two eggs, put them on top of the sautéed onions and mushrooms, and I will put the equivalent of a slice and a half of American cheese, of whatever cheese I'm using that day on there. My very favorite cheese to use with my eggs is, it's a, it's a sharp cheddar, uh, boy, I wish I could remember the name, Hoffman's, I believe, Hoffman's Ultra Sharp Cheddar, I get it in the deli, and it's really funny because 
it doesn't even taste like cheddar. It's not sharp at all. I don't know why they call it ultra sharp cheddar because it isn't. <laughs> it doesn't taste like that, but it's delicious cheese. It melts nice, uh, leaves a nice consistency on top of there. Next is Harvardi. Harvardi's nice on there or American cheese or whatever you like, whatever your favorite cheese is. Just throw your cheese on top of there. Like I said, I use the equivalent of a slice and a half of American. Sometimes I'll put shredded cheese on there, but I'll try to use only that much. And once the, once I lay the cheese on top of the eggs, I put the lid back on the pan, throw two slices of toast in the toaster, whatever your favorite toast is. I, I kind of like rye or, or marble rye or pumpernickel. Those are great. But even, you know, American white bread is fine. Whatever. Throw two slices of toast in the toaster oven and start the toaster. And I wait to start the toaster until after the lid is back on because... That's almost the perfect amount of time to cook those eggs. The, the time it takes to toast two slices of toast will have your eggs just slightly undercooked if you like them the white fully cooked and the yolk runny. It'll, it'll be just slightly runny white at that point. And if you leave it in for another maybe 30 to 45 seconds, the white is going to fully cook and you're going to have a slightly runny yellow, uh, slight, slightly runny yolk. If you like your yolk cooked more, obviously leave it in longer. But I can do that. The toaster will ding. I grab the toast, put the butter on it, set it on the side of the plate, grab the pan. Um, what I usually do is just shake the pan side to side a little bit between the butter that's in there and the Teflon in the pan. Usually just shaking it a little bit is enough to break all your eggs free and you can pour them quickly and easily out of the pan onto your plate next to your toast where that second fork is lying and you are ready, my friend, to go. And by now your coffee's going to be done too. So enjoy your breakfast and have a great day. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, you click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive, and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License.